Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and Attention Coach Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, what you should do versus what you'll actually do. And with us in our virtual studio is Dr. Sharon Saline. Uh, before we get to, into the content, we're grateful. Uh, this show is being brought to you by children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, better known as CHAD. Um, celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free copies, digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We're going to share a secret word a few times. When you hear it, write it down. Then listen to another show. Uh, listen for that secret word. Write both those words down on email and send it to me. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get your email, I will forward off to Chad. We will get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and we will get you a, uh, a PDF copy of the next edition when it's printed. Uh, we have a, a little tip that we're going to run from Chad, and we'll get into the show. Did you know that one in three people diagnosed with ADHD also have depression and 47% have an anxiety disorder? Left untreated, this could lead to other health issues. Understanding your ADHD symptoms and how depression and anxiety work is the first step. Talk with a health care provider for treatment options and strategies to deal with everyday challenges. With the proper treatment, you can live a healthy and productive life. Learn more at chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, let's get into our content. We have Dr. Sharon Celine. She, uh, she focuses her work on ADHD, anxiety, learning differences, and mental challenges, and their impact on school and family dynamics for over 30 years. Her unique perspective, a sibling of a child who wrestled with untreated ADHD, combined with decades of academic excellence and clinical experience, assists her in guiding families as they navigate from a confused maze of diagnostic and conflict to successful interventions and connection. Dr. Celine funnels uh, her expertise into her books, What Your ADHD Child Wishes You Knew, Working Together with Empowered Kids for Success in School and Life. She's heralded as innovative resource. Um, you can find lots of information out there on her. I encourage you to go see her website at D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E. And with that, Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. It is a pleasure to be here as usual. I always love having you on. Everybody, this is, um, this is a fun show. Um, 
Being the host of Attention Talk Radio is pretty incredible because this all originally started just to get my name out there, but I always get a great education. And one of the things that I really love is talking to people who work with people with ADHD and different disciplines and talk about how they see things and how I see things as a coach. And I think today is going to be a real learning opportunity for me and hopefully for you guys out there because I, uh, I sent uh, Sharon this title. Uh, what you should do versus what you actually do. We ha really haven't had any conversation about this a little bit. And a lot of this is really to try to get you guys out there to think and understand and kind of get you out of some mindsets and, and, and give you some ways of thinking about this so that uh, you can get unstuck and go forward. And so first thing I want to do is, Sharon, from your perspective, you know, people with ADHD, they get stuck in the shoulds. In fact, some of them are just shooting all over themselves, and they, and they get kind of lost <laughs> in that. Can this, give us your perspective and view on that, and we'll go from there. Well, I love um, the shooting all over ourselves framework <laughs> because um, I don't know if you know this, but Loretta LaRoche many years ago had this uh, – she, she did sort of psychologically oriented comedy – and she said, we masturbate, and then we should all over ourselves. <laughs> and so I think today that's what we're, we're going to be talking about, the, this. Um, you know, one of, the way I'm, I'm, coming, I'm approaching this is that the shoulds that people have in their, in their minds um, often come from a place of deep insecurity about why they're not measuring up, how they're comparing themselves negatively to others. Um, and then there are shoulds that actually come from, like, day-to-day -day responsibilities um, or work tasks. And so we're, we're, we're going to sort of enter the world of should um, in order to be able to reduce its influence on how people live day-to-day -day so that they can feel better about themselves. Because when you live in, under the, in the, dark, the dark streets of should, you you often are not able to access the best parts of yourself, you know, and the parts where the joy lives. Oh my God! I already had my aha right there. <laughs> I love how you made that distinctions <laughs> the that the, that inside the insecure issue more, and then the kind of the day to day, because I, I think that's a really really good kind of demarcation. Which way do you want to go first? You want to go on the insecure side? Or do you want to go to the day to day stuff? I want to go to the insecure side. Excellent. Talk to us about um, your perspective on that. So when we think about, you know, we think about a child or anyone who's listening because you were a child with ADHD, you probably received a lot of negative messages from an early age of how you were missing the mark, what you should be doing differently. And you received those messages at school. You received those messages perhaps from your friends. You received those messages at home, maybe from siblings on if you played a sport or you did a, an art, um, artistic activity, you know, music or theater or drawing, you, you got a lot of messages about how things really should be a different way. And that different way may or may not have lined up with how your brain worked. And so already the message that, is, that kids absorb when they're young is that I'm not okay the way I am. And so that increases both sensitivity to critical feedback because there's already a, a big bruise, so to speak, of, 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 about how I'm, I'm, I've, I'm not okay. You know, mm -hmm. the sensitive area. Um, and, then, um, and then people just keep touching that over and over again, and it, it gets more painful. Even as an adult, like you get inured to certain kinds of statements, but underneath, 
that little child in you still hurts. And so when we when we receive feedback about as an adult about how we're not quite getting it or we're missing the mark or we it's not okay that we didn't email this person back or we turned our report in a day late, it touches that that bruised part of our young selves. And that makes it hard for us to, A, think clearly about what's going on in the present, and B, to accept ourselves and be compassionate and understand that we're all doing the best we can with the tools that we have available to us in any minute. So we have to learn some compassion. So this whole talk today that we're going to have, there's one, whole, one side of it is the, um, the insecurity, which is about compassion. And then there's the other side, which is the practical side. How do I live with this? That's interesting. So I always love this. I get learned something. Would you say some people are maybe more sensitive than others? So uh, hypothetically. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, and that can do that. That, that sensitivity is, can, is, of course, directly connected to the the petri dish you grew up in. You know, like mm-hmm. your family dynamics, your genetic loading, um, where you lived, your neighborhood, your race, your your class, your religious your religious practices. All of those things, you know, the envir- contribute to the environment and your sensitivity. This is interesting to me. On a lot of levels, because I haven't really thought about it like this. So when you have somebody who who is you know as a child has been through that stuff and is particular sensitive, I'm starting to get a new appreciation of what it's like for that individual to really kind of tap into themselves and and do something about that. Can you tell us about that process and what you do? Yes. So you know I work with children, teens, emerging adults, adults couples, families, you know, people, people who are living with ADHD and, and it's friends because ADHD so rarely travels alone, anxiety, depression, mm-hmm. substance abuse, etc. cetera. Um, so what, what we have to do is actually peel back the layers to changing the conversation um, that we are now telling ourselves as adults you know, which is how we've internalized other people's voices and transformed them into our own about the ways that we really aren't very good. You know, like we're, we're not okay. Um, and even if people have developed a really great defensive structure around it, underneath, usually what I see is at some point, there's some part of them that feels ashamed of having a differently wired brain. And um, and I see this sometimes even in parents, you know, super successful CEOs, I'm sure you see this, um, when it comes to their kids. They can be super hard on their kids. Why? Because they don't want their kids to struggle the way they struggled, right? And that's really saying, I wish it had been different for me. How it was mm-hmm. for me was hard. It affected me. And so when we think about, you know, what you should do versus what you can actually do, we have to, you know, peel back the, 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 the um, as I said, the layers to that core of mm-hmm. what I'm doing, who I am, somehow isn't okay. Hmm. Interesting. So we have that, and we have some yes. people that are more sensitive than others. 
like kind of on a little bit of a continuum. Mm-hmm. So like some people like would really be identifying with you right now. Um, others would be like, yeah, I can kind of see it, but not as strong as some others, which is really interesting to me because it's starting to really, I, I can see with ADHD, if you're, if you struggle um, with this and you struggle a lot with emotional self-regulation, this can be a very difficult quagmire to get out of just because of the, the that, that repetition of the past and of the sensitivity to it. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And, you know, we can see this um, in people who have, you know, rejection sensitivity dysphoria or people who just are sensitive and struggle with emotional um, dysregulation. They're going to be more reactive and then feel terrible about it afterwards. Tell you what, let's go to break, come back. I want to kind of like jump on the cast side and then compare and contrast these two with the, with the lens that you put together for us. Everybody, our secret word tonight is actually. Again, our secret word is actually. And Dr. Sharon Celine has got some great stuff on her website at drsharonceline.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Sharon. We were having a great conversation about the shoulds out there. Uh, Sharon did a great job by, let's put these in context, there's the shoulds are from insecurity and then there's the shoulds more workday. She did a great job talking about uh, uh, you know, how some people can feel ashamed of their brain and there's some reinforcement, it can be really difficult and I like the fact that you know some people are maybe more sensitive to that than others. So I want to make a turn and just kind of contrast that with the, the, every, the workday shoulds, the everyday type stuff. Can you share your perspective on those shoulds? Absolutely. So those shoulds are, are external demands uh, that relate to tasks and productivity. And, of course, those shoulds also have to do with interpersonal relationships, you know, with your colleagues. Um, so we have social relationships. We have tasks and we have expectations. And um, those, uh, those three things come together in, in, in various, <clears throat> um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in various, um, in various, in various realms. So mm-hmm. on the one hand, or, you know, you have reports, you have um, time deadlines, you have whatever tasks you do for your job, um, you need to be able to be accountable. So we, we have to differentiate in terms of work between should and accountability. And that's, that's, a real, that's something that I think a lot of people don't do because there's a difference between some, the should, which has a lot of emotional um, and uh, baggage and negativity, and the accountability, which is much cleaner. 
right? It's not laden with the same um, kinds of, of, of what I would say, you know, self-esteem questions. It's like this hmm. thing is due at this point. I have to do the task. So one of the things that I talk about with people is in the context of shoulds and what you'll do is a lot of self-awareness. Let's, let's take a look at mm-hmm. who you are and how you do things. And so um, for me, I'm just going to give you some personal examples because of my dyslexia. I've struggled with spelling my entire life. And I have mm-hmm. I was beaten on as a kid, and apparently I'm not that sensitive um, as maybe some others are because <laughs> at some point in time in my life, I just got to the point maybe I should spell better, but I'm not going to. The reason is it's taken me so much energy to do that, that it's, it's negative impact on my life. And so at the end of the day, I don't sweat the small stuff. Maybe I should take some more time to get the spelling right, but I'm not going to. Now I've surrounded myself with people who take care of some of that stuff for me. Or when I got into this mm-hmm. book, I was told, you know, you should write a book or you should do a blog. And I'm like, I, I got the self-awareness that, that that's not going to happen. I, I, writing is horrifically difficult for me. So I started, you know, attention talk radio, attention talk video. So I, I replaced those, what I should do with try to do it differently the way I would interact. Um, I've coached people mm-hmm. before where we've talked about things that they needed to accomplish. And, you know, repetitive and boring tasks are often, you know, something that, people with ADHD struggle and they have this notion in their mind they should do it a certain way and and I'll say you know how should you do this and I would do this every day and I go well let me have you ever done a a repetitive task for more than 60 days in your entire life and they're like if they're 50 years old well well, I haven't so why do you think you're going to do that now maybe you think you should do that but maybe we should take a look at a different way of doing it now the idea is you still have to get whatever it is accomplished, but you don't necessarily have to do it a certain way. You can do it your way. Just from that perspective, anything you'd like to add on that change, Jess? Well, I think that's great, Jeff. And and one of the things I want to say is some people are more sensitive than others, and some people are more able to say, um, which you are, and you've probably done a lot of work to do this, you accept your strengths and your challenges. You're amazing on the radio and in your video. You're incredible. You have a gift. And you leaned into that, and you were like, you know what? I'm never going to be a great speller. Big deal. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think that's, that, that self-acceptance is, is, really part of, um, is really part and parcel of being able to say, this is what I can actually do versus this is what I should do. You know, um, and mm-hmm. one of the things that I think happens with people is in sometimes in accepting something that they're not so good at, they feel um, they, they can they, it's, they don't see that as like a freedom, but they see that rather as like um, a flaw. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think what you and I both agree is that you, when you accept your limitations, it can be freeing because you're like, okay, you know what? I'm not good at spelling. I need, I have, I'm going to delegate that to someone who, who can help me, or I'm going to use, make sure I use spell check every time I write something. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think that's really important. And you, you and I were talking before and I came up with like four steps to help people, you know, work, reduce the shoulds and work on what they actually can do. And the very first one is is they're, they're, I call it the ACEs, and the first one is assess and acknowledge, understand your executive functioning strengths and challenges, 
or your learning strengths and challenges or your behavioral strengths and challenges, listen to feedback and take the kernel of truth from what someone says to you that, that really resonates, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to take the whole thing. Just take a piece of it and say, you know what? I do that. You send me mm-hmm. emails and I don't respond for three days. I can, uh, that's something that I can work on. And you pick one thing mm-hmm. to address because we mm-hmm. can only change one thing at a time, really. And so, but the, the shift is that you opt for I'm learning I'm growing. That's my path as a human in this lifetime rather than shame and resentment and blame. Like, Mm -hmm. who are you to tell me this? And what's wrong with me? And you just shift. You know what? I've made some mistakes. I'm not looking at what other people are doing, which is really hard. I think, you know, people look side to side and they see what other people are doing and they compare themselves instead of, back at where they've come from and just straight ahead at where they are mm-hmm. and what's right in front of them. Mm-hmm. So we want to use ADHD as a context for who we are, not an excuse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I was talking to somebody and she was saying, I'm working with someone and they have ADHD and she, they always bring that up as the reason why they're not on time. They don't email me back. Um, they're not on time for meetings. Um, they they don't turn the paperwork in. And, you know, for her as a supervisor, she's like, this isn't flying for me. Like, I don't want to work with this person again. I understand mm-hmm. their challenges, but you can email me and say, got it, get back to you in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to hear that. Oh, and, and to see that, you know, she said, if I could see progress on one of those three things, that would at least let me know that they're working on something. So, uh, so first level is assess and acknowledge. Is that correct? Assess and acknowledge, right? And and what's the, the second, second thing? The second thing is connect and collaborate. Nobody can do everything on their own. You yourself said that you delegate out certain yep. written things. I know that I um, I get help with you know I get um, overwhelmed sometimes because I like to do a lot of things. And I, I have someone I talk to um, you know, who uh, is like a coach, a coach, and, you know, we go through, okay, this is what you actually can do versus uh-huh. what all the things you want to do, right? Uh-huh. Um, and you want to identify people in your life, whether it's your partner, a friend, a coach, a therapist, who can assist you in being more productive and setting realistic goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. And show up when you work with others by staying in contact with them rather than mm-hmm. avoiding emails, calls, and deadlines. Let them acknowledge them, that you've heard them, and work with them. Mm-hmm. And, again, it's something to say, you know, like, I'm not great with time management. I'm doing my best. Um, you know, I will, I'm really working on coming to meetings exactly on time. That's what I'm working on because you've told me that you, my, my colleague or my boss, is bothersome to you. Mm-hmm. The third, the third thing is E. So we have A, C, E. Evaluate expectations. You know what are um, what what are you doing um, to yourself in terms of what you expect from yourself? So one thing that I would encourage people to do is to take a piece of paper and draw three columns. The first column is you know what should I be what should I do like what are the shoulds that are running what that I that I I say to myself or other people say to me and then the second column would be what I am I actually doing 
And then the third column would be, what do I want to be doing? And so then you can have a conversation with your collaborator uh, about what's, what the shoulds look like in your life and how, how you, what activities are you're actually doing and how you'd like things to manifest differently. Um, and to remember that perfectionism is actually a form of anxiety. It's a coping tool for avoiding disappointment, shame, or blame. And so when people uh, uh, procrastinate because of perfectionism, because it's not just right, they can't wrap up the details and turn it in, that's a way of them of, of manage of sort of showing like I'm afraid that what I actually am doing isn't quite going to measure up. And we want to we as professionals, coaches and therapists, we want to help people just turn it in, like understand wow. that it, to turn it in, it doesn't have to be perfect. Wow. And the last this... one is S. I'll just say this one and then we'll, we'll we'll pick it apart. I know. And the last one is S. Is to say encouraging things to yourself. Um, Change takes time and practice. You, we stumble. We regroup. You know, it's two steps forward, one step back. So how do we change the narrative that we're telling ourselves? Create some phrases to say to yourself when things don't quite work out. Put them on post-its around the house. Um, keep a journal of three good things that happen every day. And avoid comparisons of your mm-hmm. inside to other people's outside. Wow. Tell you what, this is great stuff. Just for time purposes, I want to go to a break. We'll come back. We're going to pick up where we are, everybody. Um, oh my God, this is a really good show today. Again, our, our secret <laughs> word today is actually, uh, got to check out uh, Sharon's website at drsharonsaline.com. D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E.com. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now... Back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, having a great conversation with Sharon on shoulds and actually do, and I'm having a whole bunch of ahas. And at the end of the day, it's really funny because I, I felt about this before, but so much of this is really starts with emotions, whether it's emotional reaction to insecurity or emotional reactions of, of the, the outcomes that you're trying to get around. And, and, and Sharon just walked us through four steps 
Um, assess, acknowledge, connect, collaborate, evaluate expectations, and then say encouraging things to yourself. And one of the things that I've learned studying Dr. Russell Barkley's model is an uh, executive functioning is, and, and again, I'm going to change the vernacular around here to see if I can put this into a context and then help understand a little bit of the difference of what she does and I do. And that is one of the big issues is really I look at more and more emotion as a reflexive reaction. Like there's something and you have a, a reaction to that. And when you do that, you actually skip over the thinking part. There's a great quote. Uh, thinking is difficult. That's why we judge. And if you're calling yourself a perfectionist or a procrastinator or whatever, and step one of her model is basically to stop, take the emotions out and assess what's going on, acknowledge it. Start to look at that. Actually, basically engage your thinking brain and from an analysis. Totally love that. Second step, connect and collaborate. More and more, I'm kind of really learning this distinction. People with ADHD, thinking inside of their head is much more difficult than the neurotypicals. Thinking outside of your head is a little bit easier. So the connect and collaborate really is playing into those cognitive things. One of the things that, that, that I've learned uh, from this conversation is a lot of people with really deep-seated emotions for the kids, they come to me and I can't really work with them because I can't get them out of the emotion to do the assessment part, which is really where Sharon does a great job. When they come and they're doing something maybe like email, I'll do, okay, well, what would be an easy way to do email? Maybe they would dictate it or I've actually got a couple CEOs that will dictate a reply and send me an audio because it's so much easier for them to get the words out. Then there's the evaluation of expectations and really take a look. I always emphasize, let's take a look at how you might do it and let's focus on what works. While it might look different from everybody else, if you're getting this stuff done, it's there. And hopefully we were seeing over a period of time success as a result of some of that stuff and really kind of loops around. And so what Sharon's describing, that, that four-step process, I mean, it, it makes all the sense in the world to me. At a higher level ago, it's really just a tool to get everybody to stop and kind of walk our story through the process. I think one of the big things that I'm learning is, again, if somebody's got a lot more emotions and some other traumas and stuff, that I really kind of can't be effective there. But on the other side, I do a lot of the wacky stuff, like let's try to come up with different things. Like I, I was being interviewed by Dr. Hollowell. Uh, when ADHD 2.0 was coming out, I was just telling stories about like things, and he was a little surprised, as most people are, when I talk about a woman that I coached one time who had a smell-based to-do list. Like, I never knew that crayons have odor, but it worked for her. And so I, I'm just kind of teeing that stuff up, really, to a little bit of distinction. Also, to really Sharon's model really makes a lot of sense from an executive functioning perspective, at least in my understanding under Dr. Barkley's model. So I've said a lot there. Sharon, would you like to add something or thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. And secondly, I like, I, I will, took some notes down while you were saying, yes, we want to engage the thinking brain. So ex assess and acknowledge is engaging the thinking brain, but also opening the heart. Because if you acknowledge something, you're, act, you're making yourself vulnerable in a way. You're saying, you know what, I do that. And and you're not you're not uh, you're not necessarily beating yourself up for it. You're just opening your heart to say, I do that or I've done that. I wish I didn't hadn't done that or I'm trying to do it differently. And I think that that ability to sort of do that softens your um, your softens you so that you can be more receptive to what people say, but also you can act in a way that's more consistent with your desires. 
on mm-hmm. actually your desires, not necessarily what other people, um, the box that other people want to put you in. So this takes us back to the top of the thing, and that is what should you do and the notion of shooting all over yourself. I think, Sharon, one of the things for me is when somebody's coming to me and they're shooting all over themselves, they're really in a total emotional state and they're dwelling on outcome, 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 and they just become paralyzed in that process. And I think a lot of what you do, mm-hmm. uh, we do it in different ways, is really try to help people with those emotions and take a look at what's going on and get them through that um, in a productive way. Um, there's other, other people in different methodologies, but at the end of the day, it's really helping people stop acknowledging that and if you're shitting all over yourself you're probably not getting that far and so it's a lot better Mm -hmm. to like kind of get out of that state and sometimes you might need some help to do it and that's what we're all here for make sense Mm -hmm. exactly exactly and 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 that that takes that takes time and 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 also trust you know that you you have to trust yourself and that is sometimes really hard for people with ADHD because they, you know, they move impulsively and they think that mm-hmm. that impulse, well, that's a good idea. I'm going to do that. And then it turns out mm, that didn't work out so well. So it's, it's actually, I would say, more of like a, a, a contemplative or a, a not an impulsive sort of action, which is, is it, it, it really is challenging and it takes practice it's like well my first my first response is to do x let me think about that for a little while um you know my dad always did this thing that i i used to drive me insane and now as an adult i did which is you know i'd ask my dad anything like um once um uh, we had tickets to see hairspray on broadway my family and then my husband got sick and so uh, my dad lives in philadelphia and we live in Massachusetts, so we were driving to the show, and I called him, and I said, Dad, do you want to come up and join us for the show with the kids? We can have a meal. It'll be really fun. He said, well, I said, I don't know. I, and I said, well, do you have anything to do that day? And he's like, no, I, I'll just have to think about it. And I hung up the phone. I was like, what's wrong <laughs> with him? And, and then, you know, five minutes later, he called me back. He said, I thought about it, and I would like some. I was like, Wow. Okay. Yeah. Like, hello, the light bulb went off. Like, hmm, okay, emotional Sharon, look at what you could learn to do. And, um, you know, he doesn't do that all the time, but that was something that he developed. And, you know, by that point he was in his, well, 60s or 70s. So it's like, okay, that's a good learning for me. Absolutely. I think that's, um, yeah. Absolutely. So, I'm going to pull this together. Any final thought or any nugget before we close the show out? Right. So when we think about should versus what you can do, I think it's important that you don't put yourself down if there's a big gap between what you what the should and the actually is. You know, because the should very well may be an unrealistic expectation of yourself based on what others do, based on your hopes of what you'd like to be able to accomplish. And so actually the process of, of, of shifting from what I should do, I'm paying attention to what I actually can do, takes a lot of um, emotional and, and uh, intellectual strength and commitment. 
Um, and because your task is to really think about things and not engage in the, you know, downward spiral of, of shame and negativity. So with what she said, I don't think I've ever said this on the show before. If we go back to the beginning of the show, I always have seen the world a little differently. Um, struggled mm. in middle school and high school because everybody told me what I should do, should do, should do. And I went to college and I no longer had everybody telling me what I was should do. And I had the moment where I started doing just, I did whatever I thought I could do. And that's a, that's a long story, but as time has unfolded, I've had some success in my life. I, I am a slow learner. It takes me a long time to grasp stuff. When I get there, I'm there. And the thing that I'm sharing with you is, I've come to learn that I see the world differently from everybody else. And uh, most of my life I have been, I, I don't know what the right word was, oppressed, you know, made to feel wrong or stupid or, or really kind of not there. But there's actually another part of my life where people are like, oh, my God. And it's interesting to me because I rock into some situations where I'm talking. I've learned to acknowledge. I'm like, they're just not going to get this. And I, and I let it go. And I've had those situations where I can tell people are just like whatever. And I've, I've come to like, okay, wrong setting. There is a place where I go and I do get some of that stuff. That, and, and people, I'm not going to say worship the way I see it, but they're like, they look at it as an asset. And, you know, Sharon, it took a little while to really listen to the other side of it. And, and, I, and I'm in those situations right now where people are like, I can tell I'm, it's just they're, they're, I'm not doing a situation, but I've just learned to accept it a little bit. But I always focus on those other places where mm-hmm. I go to do that stuff. And it's, it's, let me tell you, it's not an easy thing to do to get there, but it, it is so freeing. When you get there, because while I yeah. can't do anything about those other situations, I can do something about those other ones, and I can choose to put myself in those situations where my brain is more accepted and actually acknowledged more consciously because I've accepted it. So it's a difficult transition, but I'm just, I just want to share everybody, if you can get there, it can be really, really helpful, and I hope that's somewhat inspirational. And so with that, Sharon. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jeff, and, and I really appreciate your saying that it, it takes time. You know, what you and I are talking about today is not, okay, I'm gonna, it's not going to happen overnight. You know, you have to let go when people don't get you and be, make sure there are people in your life who do. You know, that's and, really and, important. And, and let, me, let, me say, let me put this in context. When you let go of what you're supposed to do, it takes a little while to find what works for you. So you don't come up with a smell-based to-do mm-hmm. list overnight. It takes a little bit of self-reflection mm-hmm. and research there, but it, it really kind of can be done. So anyway, with that, we've got to pull this coast for TimeWise. Sharon, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, and I learned so much from talking to you. Thank you. Same goes here, everybody. Our secret word tonight is actually N. You've got to go check out Sharon's website. It's D-R-S-H-A-R-O-N-S-A-L-I-N-E.com. With that, we hope you've enjoyed it. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.
Okay.